2: Doctor
1: look Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew Stand
3: clear. Oh.
0: Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Homebrew. And today is a little bit of a different episode because it's just me. That's it. I'm here. I'm drinking beer. <laughs> no. Last week, the boys were invited to be judging in person at the Mighty Mighty Club Doze meeting, which is very cool. So I remote dialed in and Brian and Brian went into the meeting. They judged two homebrews. One was a wit beer and the other was an IPA. I believe it was. It might have been a pale. No, I think it was an IPA. Anyway, it's been a while. I forget. So we're going to play the recording of that. It was recorded live in person in front of the uh, in front of the meeting, but it was done via zoom. So the audio quality should be a lot better than you know, some of the other live uh, recordings that we've uh, done in the past. So I'm pretty happy about it. I think it'll be beneficial It's a little more of a truncated, shorter, condensed sort of judging. uh, But you know, I think that's great. And then uh, we also had some questions from the audience as well. So Thank you again, of course, to Club Doze and Jordan and Harindu and everybody there for setting everything up and making sure that we could do this technologically advanced Dr. Homebrew session. But before we get to that, I want you guys to go to 5starchemicals.com right now and sign up for their free Homebrew Club program. And if you don't want to go to the website real fast, you can go hit it up in one of the today's uh, the the links from today's show description on the podcast or YouTube or wherever you find the, the show. You can get free product exclusive discounts, monthly educational seminars, and free swag. The best free stuff comes from Five Star. So check them out, fivestarchemicals.com. Thank them very much for supporting the show. And of course, grab their chemicals wherever you find them. All right, well, let's get to the show. So I will uh, take you away to the Club Doze meeting.
2: Uh, so everybody had a chance to vote in the room. We're working out uh, some kinks we experienced with online, but we'll make sure that everybody's vote is counted. Um even if it takes till next week, right? Or two weeks, however long this last election took. We'll get it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when the
2: inauguration is. <laughs> I first off just want to welcome our guests tonight. We have uh on my far left, Brian Shar and Brian Cooper are the doctor's homebrew. So let's welcome them. Boo. And then online joining us. Uh, from a very swanky-looking studio is JP Jason Petros. Can you uh, hear us? Can you can you say something? Make sure we can hear you.
0: <laughs> yes, I can. Uh, what's going on, Dozers?
2: What's up?
0: I just want to say congratulations on your election. Um, no matter who wins, there are very fine people on both sides.
4: Awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
2: thank you jp so uh jp why don't you uh just take a moment and kind of introduce the show maybe introduce yeah. how you guys like to do things and then we'll jump right in with our first guest brewer
0: yeah sounds great well again thanks for having us i think this is pretty cool um i wish i could be there but i'm a big scaredy cat so um i sent the two bryans there instead as sort of my canaries in the coal mine for no i'm kidding um <laughs> but <laughs> what we do here is uh basically brian and brian are what do you guys like Recognized BJCP judges or something like that? Yeah, we're
5: like Francis, yes
0: Yeah, sir something mind. like yeah. that. National, Yeah, uh, grandmaster BJCP judges. And the way we envision this show is a live judging sheet. So you get to ask questions far too often in competitions, just because there's no room for this kind of activity. You get your sheet back and you go, well, what does that mean? What does this mean? What do you mean it's too roasty? And this other sheet says it's not roasty enough. Who do I believe? And then what do I do to fix this, or what do I? How do I get more esters? Or how do I adjust my, you know, my my uh, recipe? Or I, there's a weird funky thing in my beer. I don't know what it is. You can't. It's hard to really send that in for feedback to a competition. So that's where our show comes in. So you would send us beer. You email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com, and we get in touch with you. You come on the show. We taste your beer. These two boys uh, judge, do a full score sheet for you, read it out to you, and then you get to ask questions of them. You also need to suffer through me going well i think i taste i think i taste uh i don't know man it's like dirt yep got it you know that's that's the extent of my beer knowledge but yeah that's that's basically our show is that uh we're just live beer feedback and uh it's it's hard to top the knowledge that these two boys have so uh we're just here to uh just to help anybody out if you have any questions on your beer and then afterwards there's like a little q a where if you have any open questions, just in general, but it's usually about you know recipe formulation or process or something along those lines.
2: Cool, thank you so much, JP. And um, we're just going to try to keep things crank in here. We've got two dose brewers that submitted their beers, and we're going to start off with Paul Bergstead. He submitted a wit beer, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Um, so nice. let these guys take it away.
0: All right, Paul. What's going on, my dude? Hello. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you doing?
2: Not too hey, bad, man.
0: <laughs> I'm opening your wit beer right now, and this is, this is sort of the show. We just, you know, do have a lot of banter, and uh, sometimes Brian Char swears.
5: Uh, only if you're lucky.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so a wit beer, is this your first? I like to ask usually if this is the first time someone has brewed this style, because I think that can tell a lot based on the feedback and sort of what to expect. So, Paul, is this something you've done before, Whitbeer? wit beer?
4: I've not done a Whip beer. This is the first Whip beer that I've
0: done. Nice. Okay. What made you decide to, to make this? Uh, I didn't mean it like that. It. It's a perfectly good style. I really enjoy it. So, yeah. I've never done it
4: before. Okay. Uh, I like light beers. And Attaboy. I wanted something to, to drink.
0: Yes. Okay. Perfect. All right. Great. Well, it looks great. Smells great. I was a little nervous. I'm going to be honest, because I saw the bottles like, oh, it's a little cloudy. If I got a fucking hazy IPA, I'm going to put my head through a wall. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's a wit beer. We're, we're good. I think the next one is a hazy, so I apologize, John. But anyways, um, all right, and then let's see who wants to go first. Why don't we let Brian Cooper okay. start off and let's run through Paul's beer, give him the
6: score sheet, and uh, and then just while we're here in the club, I wanted to ask how long you've been brewing and how long you've been a part of the the Dose Club. I've been well, I've been a part of this awesome club for <laughs>
4: for not even a year yet, so it's been exciting. Oh. Uh, That's- fish All right. I've been brewing since 95 but I just took like a 10-year break um I'm an ex-chemist and I wanted to use I'm in IT and I want to do something in my field and COVID came around and I started brewing again so yeah probably more seriously the last five, five three, four years it's been most seriously brewing
0: a chemist and in IT that is two very technical fields very detail oriented. You, you're going to make a great brewer again.
6: Scientists make the best beer, you know. Like,
5: were you like Walter Whiting it with that ten years? <laughs> I thought about before? it. <laughs> the, the the gold, the blue trays,
4: right. yeah. the blue yeah. stuff.
6: Yeah. Well, good, <laughs> good to be with you here, and uh, yeah. and and uh, and share your beer. Does, mm-hmm. Is everybody getting the beer out there now? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to taste this along with you guys. Uh, I'm just going to start going through my sheet for his wheat beer. For those of you that want to uh, follow along on your on your phone, Category 24A, you can you know get the BGCP style guidelines in there and uh, go through some of the the, uh, the style attributes that we're uh, discussing about the beer. Uh, in the nose, I'm getting a light, smooth, lemony orange note popping out at first, followed by a low, spicy coriander, uh, pretty pretty backgroundy but um the malt is just a light bready doughy kind of you know mellow uh, malt it shouldn't be a super like heavy malt beer uh so that's fine um hops are low and it's kind of spicy with a little herbal in the aroma uh the beer seems cleanly uh fermented i'm not getting any dms or dacetyl. There's a light little pleasant pepperiness to it i believe from the belgian style fermentation there uh that's that's kind of typical that that pepper is kind of poking out a little bit uh maybe even over the coriander but um uh, light yellow colored beer in the appearance mostly um excellently formed uh white head uh mainly very fine bubbles kind of like when i poured it last night it was like cappuccino format po- foam and i poured it straight down it's like really you know tight foam so it was a nice uh, foam stand there persisted quite well only thing is that it the glass I poured last night was was very very clear and it was the top of the bottle which had been sitting in refrigeration for a while. Uh there was no instruction to like roll the bottle or anything necessarily. Sometimes in a competition you might have an instruction like that, but I just poured it. This one is a little bit hazier, so um you know I gave it a 2 for appearance. Just knocked one down for the uh, you know you should definitely have that cloudiness. It's it's a requirement of the style, but um I probably let this one pass although it's really not very Cloudy, it should be very cloudy from starch haze and/or yeast, which gives it kind of a milky, whitish yellow appearance. Normally, uh, this is I, I probably would still keep the point off for that, but just one point. Um, getting into the flavor, get a light grainy malt followed by low, clean, peppery quality, a light zesty orange peel, some low spicy or an herbal hops. Uh, the beer finishes pleasantly dry, which is nice. Um, just as a a little bit of a bitter, pithy quality kind of in the background. It's not too distracting for me, but it's, um, you know, just the, the, the quality of the, the orange peel as it's presenting itself here is just a little bit rough to me. Um, again, not too bad, just a fine point. Clean Belgian ale fermentation. The beer is balanced to kind of this yeast character, the, the pepperiness uh, that's in there, and, and some of the flavor additions. Some of these beers will have a little sourness to them. This one does not. I'm not getting any sourness at all. Um, it does have a bit of uh, bitterness linger, lingering into the aftertaste. Mouthfeel-wise, it's medium light bodied. It's actually kind of crisp, uh, not very creamy or mouthfeeling. There's no warmth here. It's uh, just a bit biting and maybe doesn't quite have the smoothness or the, the little bit of you know, body-wise. This one should be medium light to medium body. I guess it's it's medium light, so that's fine to me. Uh, still kind of in the right territory for style. So. Carbonation is actually really nice. Medium-high carbonation. Uh, not getting any real astringency here. Uh, three out of five for mouthfeel. And the overall impression, this wood beer overall it has a very clean, pleasant, inviting aroma. Um, it hits most of the marks for style. And the beer is really enjoyable as it is. I definitely like a bit more of the characteristic haze, like quite a bit more. Um, so perhaps adding, you know, I don't know how much uh, wheat and, or oats you added, but, uh, you know, adding more of the unmalted wheat. Uh, which is classic for the style um, and and get it to stay in suspension that way the you know not not let it break down into uh you know sugars basically the um the beer is well crafted as it is uh i like the subtle use of the spice and the little peppery quality of the yeast is is good but it's poking out a little bit higher than i might like um just has a a bit more is more of that orange pith quality than i would really desire I su- suggest using that, you know, fresh uh, curacao orange peel, and uh, am I saying that right? Uh, yeah. It, try to incorporate only the the outermost layers of that zest, and avoid going too much deeper into that. The deeper layers of the fruit, if you're zesting it yourself, or if you're just buying a product and dumping it in, just make sure that's as fresh as possible. Um, but you know, ideally, you you know, start with the fruit and, and and go with that, and you'll get a, a fresher flavor in most cases uh, going that route. I gave the beer a 34 out of 50. It is a very good beer, uh, very enjoyable as it is. And I think it meets the style uh, pretty well. So uh, thanks for sharing. All
0: right. Very good. Very concise, Cooper. I appreciate that.
5: Uh, all right, Char, let's go, man. What do you got? Excellent. So, uh my, my usual question, Paul, are you in a homebrew club? <laughs> I normally am after the last 10 months. Excellent. What, what club would that be? Um, those? All right. <laughs> those guys. Exactly. Yeah. You know, those I've, guys. Yeah. Those. <laughs> you know, this is a good excuse. I've lived in, in Martinez and Concord for almost five years now. And I haven't really been homebrewing since I've lived here and I've needed an excuse to kind of kick my butt and come to a dose meeting. So thank you for the opportunity. I'm really happy I have a chance to do this. Oh, and I'm when I here. when I actually start homebrewing again at some point in the, the future, I will I will join of my one, local club. One membership slot. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. yeah. well, that's good one to know. Slot left. That's that's, that's, <laughs> good. that's good sales right there. You want to jump? There's only one left. You want to jump to off. Exactly.
0: It is Cyber Monday, Char. So get
5: that's on there. Hey, it's. I'm I'm aware enough memberships of the for the uh, Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
5: <laughs> So yeah, thank you for sharing this beer. I really like wit beer. It's one of the, the styles I would make at least once a year when I would brew a lot back like 10, 15 years ago. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of my favorites. Bottle inspection, it was fine. Not really relevant here. Aroma, I got a low bready malt, uh, a low coriander, really lower coriander than I, I would have expected. A low citrus aroma, a little bit less of the orange than I, I would have wanted. And it actually came across a little, little lemon to me, which is kind of, kind of odd. And I want to talk to you at the end about like what, what you did with that. Uh, and kind of skipping ahead to the overall impression of what Cooper was saying about the curacao oranges, I always had really good luck just getting like a big navel orange at Safeway and getting a zester. And I had the, used to have a microplane, which is great for just getting the zest off and just zesting one navel orange and putting that in. Uh, I mean, you're probably not getting, you know, it's not going to be a 50 point beer at that point, but I've never been a fan of that dried orange peel stuff you get at the homebrew store. It's just, it never seems like it's going to give you a good flavor. It seems old and oxidized. And I'd rather have, personally, I, I think you get better results with like just a, a zest of any orange uh, that you're going to put in there. You can dial that up and down. Uh, to your your preference, based on just repeated brewing of that beer. Yeah,
0: Brian, we're all so, old and oxidized.
5: All right, don't don't like, discriminate. <laughs> Come on. Give us all a break, please. Exactly. No no quarter for us, JP. No. Uh, so it gave uh, Roma seven out of twelve. There's no offer, Roma. It was seven out of twelve mm-hmm. solely, I think, for recipe type type issues. Uh, appearance: medium sized, persistent white head. I got a low haze, which. The sample that I had at home was more hazy than this really clear sample. And the one I had at home probably had been jostled some, you know, kind of snaking it out of the back of the freezer uh, enough so that the haze was, I didn't want to knock the point off for not being hazy enough. If it were like this, I would have knocked the point off. So, uh, but there was some haze there. Uh, Light gold color, exactly what I would Beer ought to look like three out of three uh, flavor. Initially, I got a, a, a multi character with some of that light breadiness that was in the aroma. Uh, I got low citrus again, kind of a, a more of a lemon than an orange, which I, I thought was a little weird. Uh, low coriander uh, bitterness comes up to balance in mid palate. This is not a super bitter beer, so this is one that you need to have just enough to keep it from being cloying, and it, it definitely uh, did that job. Uh, no hop flavor. It was well attenuated and balanced. In general, lower citrus and coriander than I, I would have expected for this style. No off flavors. Uh, so I gave, gave this a total of 11 out of 20. Again, not because of anything technically wrong, but sort of recipe issues that caused this to be not quite what you think of as the best examples of style. Uh, mouthfeel. That was creamy, medium body, medium high carbonation, uh, no warming, no astringency. Uh, yeah, I definitely uh, got gave you a couple more points than Cooper did. It's a five out of five <laughs> on mouthfeel uh, on here. Uh, overall impression uh, six for a total of, of thirty-two. This is a, a tasty and flavorful beer. Uh, there's no obvious off flavors or technical issues. So good job. Uh, The only issues that I I had noticed were recipe type type issues. Uh, I would bump up the coriander uh, and the citrus uh, maybe by 50 percent at least next time. And also as to what Cooper was saying, you know, unmalted wheat is kind of the hallmark of this style because it's the unmalted wheat that has those long chain starches that don't ferment out and that stay in suspension that give it the haze which is why you make, people make hazy IPAs and they use unmalted wheat and oats and all the stuff that leads to a, to a haze. Uh, so I would uh, be curious if you use any unmalted wheat or not. And uh, if not, next time you should you should use some. But thank, thank you very much for sharing, Paul. It's a tasty beer and I enjoyed
6: You're it. So I drink a lot of this at a party. It's a great...
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, just before we oh, get well, to...
0: To Paul's questions, uh, yeah, you know, I I sort of echo what everyone else says, which is I guess what I say. It it's almost like a, a light wit beer. There's not a whole lot of body really to it. And for a while, as it's this beer is weird because when it's super cold, they just took it out of the fridge like two minutes before we, we started this. I swear I was getting like a little green apple, not a whole lot of spices, but as it warms up, those things all kind of poke through. The green apple goes away. And maybe it was sort of confusing that with that lemon thing that you were talking about, Char. But it is very, it seems a little bit overly bitter and you have to sort of fight for all the other wit beer attributes of it. So I agree. I think everything needs to come up like 20% on this guy. I mean, you really wanna you really wanna taste that wheat and you wanna get those spices in there too. But what overall it it's a great beer. I mean, I'm almost done with a bottle, which never happened. <laughs> yeah.
6: I was curious, it was about five, six. Five six, okay. That's very high
0: for a wit beer, Paul. What are you doing to me?
4: But you try my
6: triple. No. No, it,
5: it, 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 uh, it's uh, 18%. Yeah.
3: 12.
6: <laughs> oh, <laughs> this probably dried out quite a bit on you, though. It seems like the yeast really attenuated well. Yep,
4: yep. So yeah. this is a fun beer. I, I hate to ruin it. That, this is the time I need to talk about the beer. Go for yes. it. Go, Go for yeah. it. Yeah. So this is this beer is meant to be no citrus. No spices, so um, it's there's nothing in there but hops. Okay, wow. So okay. Pacific, Pacific Jade at uh, ten minutes, and
5: then lift. so let let me back up just a second before you give your hot bill. Uh,
4: so he's gonna change his mind. To watch make the
0: wit
5: beer without that, that, tasted like a wheat beer without the spices. Uh, okay, so was like you made the American wheat and called it a wit beer. You intended to have some other things pick up those flavors. Gotcha. So
4: just the hops did it. And then you're telling about coriander and orange all that came from the hops and in just in
6: the in the east yeah there's definitely a, a pretty big citrusy character to the yeah. beer but it's not like falling where we expected it to that you would get from a, a clean zested yep, orange exactly yeah it, it was sort uh, of like
0: grapefruit pithy and that sort of was throwing like maybe this is a little overly bitter which now there's no spices and so it makes sense. But so good I on you for, for messing with these guys. First of all, the they triples. deserve it. I love do
4: triples, John, triples. <laughs> I like it with coriander, but I tried this one without any spice. I know there's some conflict on this that it should not have that. But I thought it was interesting. Not as hmm. much a Hoya garden, but more just a plain, clean beer. And that's what I like.
5: Cool. I interrupted you in the middle of your, starting your hot bill. Um, 50% Pilsner, 50% flake wheat. Okay, but you, you're talking about hops and I cut you off in the middle of talking about hops. So Pacific Jade, 10 minutes. And at Flamemo. It's all Pacific Jade. That's it.
0: Wow. Wow. That's a pretty layered beer for nothing. I mean, there's nothing in it. It's it's a
4: fake beer. beer. Yeah. And then and there's some flaked, oh, there's flaked oats. So
6: those, yeah, those, those flaked, uh, greens are, are gonna, you know, get in your mash and the enzymes are going to rip them apart, turn those starches into sugars. Um, you definitely, you know, uh, when it's, when it's pressed like that, all of the, the starches are accessible to those enzymes. So you, you do want to use some unmalted grain if you want to get that haze, right, which would be key for the style, but you know, it, you used a lot of, a lot of wheat with that pills malt, the malt character itself is really good. So, so yeah.
4: So one other thing about the beer, I bought new equipment. For the first time using a new conical, and the conical didn't work. The oh no! So it was probably exposed to air. Ironically, uh-huh. what hmm. what happened? So the release valve didn't. I didn't bubble once the whole time.
2: God. Oh, Ooh. Maybe it stuck open. So yeah.
4: brand new equipment, and yeah. they got a new lid. It's fixed. Right, future yeah. brews. Ironically, I was expecting worse flavors, and it, and it worked out.
0: Yeah. What oh. yeast did you use, Paul? What, what was your fermentation like?
4: Uh, it was a Y-yeast 394 Belgian Whitbeer. Yeah. Mm. That's usually what I would use for a wit beer. Three packets. Uh, yeah. I did a 22-gallon uh, fermentation. There's 20-gallon fermentation. Wow. What, what about wow. temperatures? Like,
2: Yeah. Starting, finishing, or did you just let it ride at one temperature?
4: Uh, let's see. 67? You called it there. And I went to 72, finished out 75.
5: And you made a 20 gallon batch damn that's that's ambitious <laughs> i've gotten that
4: and that's what i'm doing all my beers now so and i think that helps it helps it, it all the beers out you yeah. batches.
5: so do you just like give it to these guys or you drink it all yourself well, at home or what yeah, do you do 22 here, gallons. So. Yeah. Okay. you can
6: do uh split batches too are kind of fun you can you know take yeah. the 22 gallons of, of wort and ferment with four different yeasts or add spices to some or some unspiced you know yep. play around with it a little bit nice and have yeah. some fun but um uh, i like what
2: you did here and it's a yeah, very yeah. good beer thanks it. for sharing yeah. can we maybe see if there are maybe like one or two observations mm-hmm. or questions from the audience in the room lemony. here i
3: got a bunch of lemon
2: lots of a lemon, lemon
6: yeah. lemony orange. yeah, yeah. Okay.
3: and i was reading the style guide and that seemed totally appropriate for style
6: for, for the style so i was curious why well, being lemon instead of orange was a was a hit on the score
5: The classic examples are are all that that dried orange peel, like the classic Dutch wit beer, Belgian wit beer. So it's probably acceptable and probably I should have given you back a couple of points on that. But it's one of those things that you drink wit beer and especially if you have some of the classic ones, it's it's orangey. It's supposed to be orangey, not like a blue moon orange. You know, that's that's a whole over the top, like five X what it's supposed to be. Uh, and you're not sticking an orange slice on the, uh, the rim of that glass either, <laughs> but the traditional, traditional wheat beer is orange and not lemon. So that, that's why. Yeah. So not
3: because mm. the description, because mm.
6: the exam Yeah, exactly. The guy that's called out citrusy, orangey, I mean, citrus yeah. has a wide range you could accept, True. but if, if you had one that was full of grapefruit flavors, it just, it wouldn't be right. Right. <laughs> so, Kerber.
4: Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, with this kind of being like a crystal, almost like a West Coast beer, <laughs> <laughs> we i had a bunch of these. Microbrees <laughs> all around the country that are just like this, where they don't, they're not amazing. Uh, it's mostly Easter Eye flavors. They're not adding a lot of stuff to it. I do they're trying to cater to a different crowd with this, but it's.
5: American Whitbeer. Maybe this is where it starts. This is a new, new style. That's right. Yeah. You're gonna see a lot more of as as it comes. blue moon. Give me
4: a call. Well, <laughs> I, I just
2: wanna say, like we're gonna move on to the next one. But I think like Paul, just for you, like a 34-33 consensus is awesome for your first crack that's at a Whitbeer beer. Yeah, it's still <laughs> which, very good. Which right? has some sneaky stuff to it. So well done. Let's give it up as well, yeah, that's still the very yeah, good range right also up John oh really, yeah a
6: really nice label too I there like that, that
1: you could... there you go uh,
6: I like it
0: man I like I like people who are gonna pull tricks on you guys you know
6: that that might
5: probably equally well as an American wheat it would have been too lemony yeah to be to, it, it would have gotten dinged for the fruit flavor as an American wheat but American wheat is often clear it doesn't have to be hazy like a Belgian wheat so it probably would have gotten a similar score if it were entered as American wheat. I could agree with that. Yeah. Does that well, there you go. Co-
6: yeah, yeah. Yeah. The clarity and the, the lemoniness. So, yeah, could, could be yeah that
0: lemoniness was uh, was crazy. And especially as it warms up, it sort of becomes more dominant. I, what I thought was yeah. grapefruit sort of transferred into this lemon zest.
6: Yeah, thing. maybe yeah. somewhat of a, you know, you could do a, a hop forward blonde ale and that
5: could work, too. Yeah, that's an excellent point. A blonde ale. You know, this is an excellent point about if you do a beer like this and some of the hop character comes through, I never really thought about Pacific Gem or Pacific Jade as being like a real lemony hop, but it's clear having that be the only hop in here. Here, I'm, I would bet that that lemon comes primarily uh, as a hop flavor. You know what? Well, so that would that's be just good. something good to know. That...
0: Paul, you're doing 20 gallons of this. I mean, you could take that and just experiment with different yeast, same wort. That yeah. would transform, you know, like you said, blonde ale. You could probably maybe squeeze out a pale ale out of that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you could do some stuff with it, man. It would be uh, it'd be interesting to figure out.
4: All right. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, yeah. Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thank Thank Paul. You,
0: man. All right. So that was Paul with his Wit beer. That had no spices in it, which really tripped me out. And I don't know if we really got that point across, but it tasted like low level, all of the usual whit beer spices. Uh, but there were none. It was just hops. So I thought that was pretty fun. And, uh, the guys kind of tripped out on it too. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to come with the next beer and then, uh, probably it for the breaks. And then we're just going to have, I think some Q and a at the end. And, uh, And that's it. So I hope you're enjoying uh, Dr. Homebrew live from Club Doze. We'll be right back. What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than Grog Tag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. GrogTag has you covered. Head over to GrogTag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. GrogTags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's GrogTag.com, and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order.
1: Hello fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew. A great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Now, back to the Examination.
2: All right. Up next, uh, which you should be able to see on your screen at home or up here, we've got John Jones on the left and Travis Stevens with an IPA. So take it away, guys.
0: All right, John and Travis, welcome. Thanks for co- thanks for coming in. <laughs> you, know, you get you get into a pattern, and uh, you, it's hard to break. Anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for bringing beer for everybody to taste. I appreciate that. So, American IPA is it? Uh, what's is there like a subcategory? Just straight up American IPA that's supposed to be hazy. What do you got? Uh,
3: it wasn't intentionally supposed to be hazy. We wanted it as clear as possible, but we are also trying to make sure it was packaged on the right time so that it was fresh for everybody.
0: There you go. Okay. Well, I can I can accept that. I respect that very much. You want to do the clear IPA, and I salute you for that. Is this a, 21A. Yeah, and this is a stupid question, but is this the first IPA you've ever brewed, he asks, knowing yeah. that everybody lives in Northern California, and that would be just ridiculous?
3: Yeah, no, it's not.
0: Yeah, okay, all right, great. Um, is there anything specific? Sometimes we'd like to maybe get any, anything specific that you want these guys to address. Like, is it a recipe, or is there maybe an off flavor you taste, or what do you want help with with this?
3: Hmm. Uh timing and hop quality i guess ah so, okay yeah. freshness and just the timing of when to package and to like, for okay. that, that kind of stuff i
0: feel like is trying to tickle me through zoom
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: is like one of the most difficult things yes. at a homebrew level uh probably at a professional level i'm not a professional but i i suspect it's the most challenging part of professional brewing too Because you're so much stuff can go wrong in packaging and you just don't even realize until you start thinking about it. Yeah.
0: Well, I think surviving is the most uh, the hardest thing to do professionally and then maybe packaging.
5: (laughs) I thought the waiting was the hardest part.
0: No, that's just a song. Um, all right, Kashar, why don't you go ahead and uh, start off with this uh, American IPA, please?
5: All right. So are you guys... Never, never mind. <laughs> all right. So yeah, thank you for sharing. I really enjoyed this. Uh, the uh, It was helpful to have on the, the label or maybe you know, unhelpful. If you were entering a competition, you probably wouldn't have wanted to say 100% Citra on uh, <laughs> the label was on but it was helpful for me to say okay 100 citra I, I get that even if that hadn't been on the label i'm kind of gently kidding you a little bit uh if this is very obviously a citra beer uh a very strong aroma of orange dank diesel i mean all in a pleasant way right this is the oh diesel no it actually smells really good uh and my first thought was wow this is a whole lot of hops you guys crammed in here uh, and they smell pretty fresh and, you know, and, and really good. So that definitely dominates the uh, the aroma. Uh, it's fresh and inviting. I do get a little low malt aroma, which is good. I mean, a beer like this, if you don't get hop, if you don't get malt aroma, you're not really going to get dinged because this is not a big malt beer. Mm-hmm. But it's always nice to have that low malt aroma in the background in a big American IPA. Uh, no diacetyl, no off aromas. Ten out of twelve for aroma. Uh, appearance: uh, There's a low, persistent white head. There's a, it's a medium gold color. It's a little, it's a little hazy. And again, it's it's weird. It's a little, it's a little hazier at home, and I suspect it's it's that snaking was, those out of the back of the fridge. I first. Well, oh, interesting. That's uh, and I, I remember I was thinking you know this is not hazy enough to be a hazy IPA, and they're not going for a hazy IPA clearly. But it's too, it, it went a little, the one I had at home went a little beyond that polyphenol hot haze. Mm-hmm. So, and probably if you bottled it first, there's probably some yeast or some trube or something that was in there. But I did knock off just one point for that the haze. So two out of three for appearance. If I had judged this sample, it would have been a three out of three. But you judge what's in front of you and mm-hmm. it okay. is what it is. Yeah. Uh Flavor is initially, gosh, citrus and dank and diesel, <laughs> uh, citrus hop, as you're about to be. Yeah, and that's it's so strange. weird. But it's, it's fresh and it's very upfront and it's. Uh, I, I really like that it's just bright and, and fresh to, to me with the hop character. Uh, hop bitterness and the malt catch up to balance the hop flavor mid-palate. Uh, this is not an aggressively bitter American IPA, which doesn't have to be. I mean, Amer- not every American IPA has to be 100 IBU theoretical. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to rip yeah. off your face with bitterness. To Say not it again. Be an easy IPA. You know, it can Brother. be a 40, 50 IBU and still be perfectly good American IPA. Yes. Uh, long finish. Uh, it's balanced toward the hop flavor. It's well attenuated. I really enjoyed this, and I'll keep coming back for more. Uh, This is a 14 out of 20 for flavor. Uh, Mouthfeel five out of five, medium body, medium carbonation was maybe a little low, but not enough to make me want to deduct any points for that. You know, low warming. It's perky, not creamy or astringent. Again, five out of five. Overall impression eight for a total of 39, which is excellent. Uh, so did an excellent job getting the citra flavor and aroma so thoroughly into this beer. Uh, and you were kind of nodding when I mentioned carbonation. Like The only thing I might recommend is try to get a little more carbonation in, but that's so hard to do in homebrew. And it's so hard to get it carbonated to the right level and then transfer that level of carbonation to a bottle. It's just devilishly difficult. Uh, and I think you guys did a fantastic job with what you did. So thank you for sharing. Thank you.
0: Yeah, very good. They're going to, they're going to tell us that the recipe that they used coriander, right? Or use Paul's Coriander.
5: Yeah, coriander.
2: This one has yeah. coriander. You can't, and you it can't that taste warm. it. That's the thing. Yeah, I thought it was really funny to use uh, it. You can't uh, taste uh, it. That's my goal. Out, um, it's no hops. Just... We yeah. <laughs> yeah.
6: Yeah. use spices and fruits to get all the hot yeah.
0: We didn't actually brew it. I just went to the Safeway. Um,
2: yeah.
6: Cooper. It's, it's secretly called Let's Trick Dr. Homebrew yeah. Session yeah. here. Right? Yeah, we have the, the commercial you know, brewer, brewer here. Yeah, guys, we're going to bring him
0: in and fight you. Uh, yeah. Cooper, go ahead.
6: I was going to ask if you guys brew as a team often or? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. 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 Yeah. Nice. Great. Nice. Can't yeah. afford it alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I noticed when I, I got the bottle, it had a very, very high fill. I don't know if that's something you commonly do, but I had to tilt the bottle to see if there was any headspace whatsoever. <laughs> we do. And it for was, yeah, ideas. just yeah. for oxygen. Yeah, just mm-hmm. for, you know, it didn't seem to hurt the, the, the head or the carbonation to me. Uh, or, or any other aspects of it really or like and it obviously it didn't have any oxidation so i was just wondering why you know yeah. usually you inspect the bottle for the fill that's like you know half an inch from the top or so and this is just oh I, I never knock it down for that it's just like if the beer tastes and looks and is, is great then there's no worries so yeah it did have a slight hiss upon opening in that little headspace there was some co2 pushing out um in the aroma i get a a big, bright, citrusy, resiny, pineapple hop aroma up front. Uh, it's very pungent. Notes of, of uh, diesel. Um, a little bit of garlic underlying. Uh, not in an unpleasant way to me, but just, <laughs> you know, that kind of interesting. Like, it, it's, got, it's expressing
5: itself in a lot of different ways here. You know, what's funny yeah. is if people that don't drink beer, especially hoppy beer, are listening to this show, like my wife does sometimes. And they hear, like, hmm, diesel and garlic. And their first thought's are gonna be, like, oh my God, you guys wanna drink that? Yeah. Uh, but it actually does have a good character uh, to it. And it's not like you're licking a gas pump. I mean, well,
0: you, you, you say that, really Char. Characteristics. Then, yeah, you say that, and then we all wonder why more people don't homebrew. Yeah. <laughs> like, come make this thing that may or may not be food and a fuel source.
6: <laughs> we don't
0: actually know. <laughs>
6: So, I mean, it was interesting to me. The first time I ever got garlic in a hop, It's was just like, oh, yeah, like a Columbus hop beer. So, like, it can have that garlic and even oniony kind of character to it sometimes. Oh, Summit has the extra yeah. onion, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know what? Honestly, it smells like, it sort of smells like garlic bread. Yeah. Yeah. Without in a problem. very good way. <laughs> yeah.
6: Um, so, yeah, I actually like, I kind of enjoy the, the diesely hop kind of character in some ways. Sometimes it comes, a lot yeah. of times it comes across to me as a tropical. And I do get some mm-hmm. tropical in here as well. And it's kind of, there's a little grapefruity. There's just a whole lot going on in the hop from just- Yeah, it's like top. it's
2: like
0: candied grapefruit. It's not yeah. pungent, yes. it's not tart, yes. it's not very biting, but it's it's like candied grapefruit juice, if that's a thing. I don't know if you can candy yes. a juice, but-
6: There's not much to say about the malt here. It's just supporting only. Um, and there's a medium low ferment derived fruity esters just general, but they're all hiding behind all of that hop character. It's very pungent, and I like that. Um, clean ale, fermentation, no DMS or diacetyl. 10 out of 12 for aroma. Appearance-wise, it's a clear, deep, yellowy-gold color, with great head, fine white bubbles, lacing the glass, and sticking around very well. Uh, it has light haze only, but that's okay per the guidelines. This is not too hazy in my book, so I give it a three out of three for appearance. Uh, Flavor-wise, bright, clean hops up front. Notes of pineapple, pine, resin. Diesel being primary, subtle undertones of dank, tropical fruit, melon, and some faint berry. The bitterness to me, it's a little deceptive. This actually maybe tastes a little more bitter to me than the one I had last night, but it's probably not variation. I probably just had too much spicy food yesterday or something. Uh, <laughs> Loke, uh, you know, bitterness is actually, you know, kind of it's kind of medium low still. It's not not super high. It's one of the more, what I would call more of the modern twist on the IPA. Uh, it's not pushing 70 IBUs or anything like that. Low clean bready malt. Uh, the balances to the hops. Clean ale fermentation here is obvious. Um, the diesel notes kind of linger into that aftertaste and stick around uh, for a while. Finishes dry. No detectable flaws. 15 out of 24 uh, flavor. Uh, me- Mouthfeel wise, medium light body. i said say maybe just a bit on the light side for style, but it, it can go to medium light. Uh, medium high carbonation. I felt like the carbonation wasn't too bad. It keeps pushing up the head. The bubbles are just pinpoint. You can see them rising up through it the whole time. It keeps on going, uh, but it doesn't really pop in your mouth explosively or anything like that. It's just, it's it's there and it's not it's not bad. Uh, it's fine for the style. Uh, no discernible, discernible warmth here. Uh, it's not astringent or really biting. Um it's kind of more soft and approachable side of, of IPAs. Um it goes down pretty smooth, almost too easy. So the one thing is it's maybe a little almost a bit, I, I hate to call it watery, but it's almost like hot water to me. It's like there's not oh, enough man. a lot of malt here to support that. And if you read the guidelines, it's like even the 2021, it's still geared much toward the 90s and 2000s you know, the aughts style cool. IPAs which things have changed since then and i you know uh well i don't write the guidelines <laughs> but i know i know the people who do uh, <laughs> i think that you know as a as a i kind of judge it as what i consider to be a modern american ipa so and did it gave it a fair shake as far as that goes because i mm. i think you can allow for a lot more uh variation in there than there currently is in the guidelines and Maybe that will change in the, in the future, or there, maybe they'll invent another style to add to it. Probably in GABF, they have 16 categories for all these different kinds of IPAs quick, quick that, out question that we don't have.
5: Do you, do you think if it had a little more carbonation, it would have been perceived as having higher body?
6: No, I think it would be more seltry and more water okay. like then to me. It would just be, it, it would just push more of those hop flavors, which are great. And not, there's not much malt there to, to push anything else than what I'm getting. Um, so overall impression of oh, uh, I went to three out of five for mouthful well, just because I felt a little light and watery kind of sultry. Um, overall impression, a really fantastic modern West Coast IPA, great complexity of hop flavors and aromas, just pillowy soft and smoothly drinkable. Um, you know Strict adherence to the BGCP style would dictate more bitterness but I like this where it is for the balance of this particular beer in many ways, you know, it could benefit from just a bit more body and and probably just a little bit more richness of malt, not necessarily throw a bunch of caramel in there, you know, mess around with some malt, mix some, you know, I don't know what your malt bill is, mix some Pills malt with some Simpsons Gold Promise or something, just a little bit of richness to it in there or some, you know, just a base malt or, you know, experiment around with, with different malts to find a malt that's going to push a little more, just a little more flavor alongside that hop because the hop's just really overpowering everything. Hmm. Yeah. Ask your homebrew store what malt is right for you. <laughs> I'm a hop head so that's coming from me. As, you know, but that's okay. Um, this That would keep it a little less watery. And, and per se, it's just a fine point. It's not like, oh, this is like watery, seltzery, nothing like that. Um, just give it a little more substantiality if that's a word. There's a touch more alcohol sure. to do it. Um, you could lend you, it, could take a little more of that, mm-hmm. you could lend the impression more fullness. And no, uh, don't do ride. it,
0: don't do it. It's a trap, don't do it, guys.
6: <laughs> great, yeah, <laughs> I will say, just great use of the hop. It smells very fresh. Yeah, pops used are, are quality. And um, but, you know, I'd like to hear about how, how when you added them, we could talk about where it might shift if we, if we did want to shift. I gave it a, a 39 as well. I think I, I actually. I, I actually landed a little higher than that last night when I was first judging it. and then I got that as I got the overall impression that's where you kind of adjust things and so it's like it is just a bit watery and like just a little bit more underneath there and it's like this is pushing into it's excellent already it's pushing you know if you push it towards outstanding, with a little more work on it and you guys are doing some great stuff. So thank you for sharing. Sure,
0: thank thank you. You. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I, those are very high scores, by the way, you guys. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I, there's a little creaminess. And I think that, you know, if if there was a little more carbonation, like the guys were saying, that would go away a little bit. Um, but it is it is sort of an anomaly. It is sort of a weird beer because it does have these tropical, very modern hops and that diesel thing isn't really like decently like when we, we were getting Chinook, you know, for the for, sort of the first time and all the homebrewers got the shitty Chinook where it's like, oh, it's all, it smells like like rope and just weird nonsense. It doesn't smell like that, but it's it's there just enough. It's pungent just enough to mix with those tropical like sort of dried mango fruits to make something wholly unique. The aroma is fantastic in this beer. I don't like IPAs. This, <laughs> the, the, the flavor of this is very, very good. I actually really enjoy this and I might actually don't tell anybody else, but I might finish the bottle. Oh, so, there you go.
6: I finished the bottle last night when I, did, <laughs> when I,
0: did but I, you know, and it, it is sort of this beer sort of reminds me of like, or IPAs kind of transitioned out of the nineties, like malt wise yeah. out of the crystal malt and whatever. But with a modern twist from a beer that was, you know, 15 years ago, it's, it's very interesting because it's not super alcoholic. It's not super bitter. It's very flavorful, but it's not really, um, you know, light as, as uh, some IPAs can be now or maybe five years ago. It's cool beer. I really appreciate this. This is very neat. Uh, why don't you guys take us through your recipe?
3: Yeah, so it's um, 50-50 Pilsner and two-row. So that's where I'm getting, I'm thinking okay. like, let's add a little bit more two-row to it. I don't know if that'll give it more body or not, but there's also a little bit of white wheat in there um i think like a pound mm-hmm. six gallon batch looks so like and that's sick. probably where the head is just staying yeah the head pepper, is right that's it. why i also love it. Got use, a that's a nice trick you a little know? bit of careful yeah. uh yeah. so about five percent of that and then yeah. a little bit of sigillated just for match ph yeah so that's it's very basic grain, basic grain bill i mean that's we've been doing a lot of just 100 percent pilsner you know and then just tons of hops so that You guys got a little bit different style yeah we're playing with the white weed and and that is uh, from our our ipa guru max over here so um (laughs) it it seems like it really it really adds that that lacing the head retention yeah there's a ton of lacing on all of these Mm -hmm. cups that you really only get from weed yeah yeah and so that's why i also think when you guys got the beer it was probably a little bit hazy at first we added a ton of fining, right? And it, mm-hmm. we were trying to balance the timing of when to give you guys a fresh beer versus a, a clear beer, but not as hop bursting. But today, guys, it's still really, like it's still climbing out of the glass, yeah. I think, with yep. aroma. So I think that's, Part of what we're we're learning.
5: Yeah, you nailed <laughs> so, that. Absolutely. So when did you put your hops in? I presume you put hops in every place you could put hops in. Pretty much.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boil, boil, whirlpool, all the citra, like you actually had a citra at 30 minutes and then so the IBUs is at 50. Okay. So you guys nailed it like right on oh. that like mid range. Yeah. Um and it add t- most of it, so a little bit for 30, 10, 5, and flame out just to get the citra layered in there.
0: It's very old school. Can-
3: a ton of whirlpool, like the whirlpool. I yeah. think for a five gallon batch was around uh, four ounces. I think, wow. and then yeah, at one eighty for thirty minutes. So I added bitterness there as well, and then a uh, almost three ounces per gallon at uh, so about. 16 to 18 ounces in the dry hop.
6: If you win best of show with a beer like this, you bring it to the the brewery that's going to brew your beer. (laughs) The accountant is like, oh my God. Well, I don't know. Some of the breweries.
3: breweries. (laughs) Uh,
5: uh, uh, (laughs) You know, it's interesting talking about so many uh, dry hops. So It was Jamil brought this up on uh, Brew Strong not that long ago. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure it was Jamil. About that really intense dry hopping will cause some of those like candied grapefruit, candied fruit type flavors. Uh, I think they're pleasant and they're good. But when it's like horizons of dry hopping, people would never have dreamed of, you know, twenty <laughs> years ago, and people do it today. Yeah, you get those kind of candied fruit flavors out of it, which I think, like in this beer, it can really be a good uh, layer of
2: complexity to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could get like one or two observations or questions from. Final
3: gravity, 10, 12. 10, 10, 10. 10, almost got it. Okay. So to me, <laughs> it was way more stylistically into a hazy, way more stylistically new new, uh, yeah. new England than West Coast. So I really want to know how you define how
2: you use when you're tasting. Things. All right, because to me, this tastes like a 25 or
6: 30. I I, yeah, I don't know that I would have guessed 50 myself. I think, you know, it. it is kind of medium bitterness, but it's, it's, I, I would put this more towards the, you know, it's, it's, it's way clearer than most of the the hazy IPAs you get. It's, it's just not there. Like even in the nineties, there were plenty of IPAs that had haze like this and it was just normal. It still, it still is. I don't ding it for that at all, but um, yeah, the bitterness, I think it was, it was fine. It was, I, I, I felt it was maybe a little bit on the lower side than it, than it being, but it wasn't pushing 70 either. So, yeah. Yeah.
5: There, there can be blurred lines in these things. and You don't have an IBU meter when you're judging. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, your tongue is certainly not a perfect IBU meter. Your calculation uh, won't, yeah. won't be right either. If, yeah, if exactly. Lab analyze it. <laughs> but there's, you know, there's on the hazy side, right? I've, uh, I've had treehouse beers before and they're amazing. But what I like about the treehouse hazy IPAs, brewed in like Massachusetts or somewhere out there, is they have a firm West Coast bitterness. So they're not flabby and soft. And I mean, that's maybe out of style for a hazy IPA. Uh, So there are, you know, for as different as those styles are, there are things that you can kind of come closer together on, you know, hop bitterness or hop flavor or Mm. what have you. Uh, than
6: you might think. But hazy's going to have more of that um, that rounder mouthfeel from all the, the hop polyphenols uh, with the starches that combine yeah, to all make that haziness. Yeah. And you feel it in your mouth. It's, it's you know, like juice-like. You know, so yeah. there's a reason they call them juicy, not just the hop, you yeah. know, uh, flavor. Right? Like
3: yeah. yeah.
2: So... We got to wrap things up for this part of the meeting, but I just want to congratulate you guys for uh, an awesome beer and again, a very excellent score. Um, And just putting it out there, like this is just something that we thought we'd try just to see, hey, what's it like to have Dr. Homebrew come here and have a little more in-depth in terms of judging? Because a lot of you maybe haven't ever put a beer in competition or you're, you're not a judge, but you're thinking, oh, maybe I should do that. Uh, Doe's offers uh BJCP classes, and we actually uh advanced a lot of judges this year. Um, and even during COVID, uh, be, um, right before that is actually when I passed the test. But um, if you want to get more feedback like this, um, we actually have some very high ranking judges in our club, but you don't even have to take it to like a national or grandmaster level judge. Any one of us uh, judges, sometimes we, you know, flex a little bit and, and wear a pin or something like that. <laughs> you, can, you can always ask us, you know, would you be willing to fill out a score sheet? Um, and that's something that we at Does love to, to help people get better, help you, because definitely entering your beers in competition and even more so becoming a judge makes you a better brewer. Absolutely. Uh, and I want to thank Brian and Brian and JP, for coming on here and and sharing their talents and skills uh, with us. And I wanna give uh, you guys, uh, maybe JP, maybe you guys kind of like the Hot Ones YouTube video, like tell us what you're doing, what's going on on the Brewing Network or on uh, Dr. Homebrew, what should we look for?
0: Uh, That's a good question. I don't actually know (laughs) because I don't pay attention to anything. We are getting
5: beer from brewers like you.
0: Yeah, I'm sort the of, the
5: judge.
0: they just wake me up to do a show and then I go back to sleep. I don't know if <laughs> the Brewing Network is even still a thing anymore.
4: <laughs> um,
0: no, it is. We're 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 doing great. Uh, speaking of Jamil, uh, Char was saying, uh, you know, on Brew Strong, uh, Brew Strong is back on the Brewing Network, took a hiatus for a little bit. The last few shows have been with Mitch Steele, formerly of Stone, and then now with New Realm, of course, out of Atlanta, Georgia. So Jamil and Mitch have been having some good conversations over there. And then we're just doing our show here on the doctor home, where we're trying to get more brewers like you guys to come on the show and partake. I, there's going to be a couple episodes dropping this week or next week. And, uh, yeah, it's uh you know, we're just, we're just sitting here trying to survive. You know what I mean?
6: If you want to learn to be a judge, you know, one way to do it is we we go through sheets and we write, I mean, I hope our sheets sounded like reasonably good quality sheets to you guys. Uh, if you would get that in a competition, you'd be happy with it. We, um, if you listen to the show and we're not the be all end all, but you can, you can actually learn a little bit. If you're tr- studying to be a judge, I've, I've had people approach me. I'm just honored when people come up and say that I listen to your show a lot. I've, I became a judge, you know, you guys helped inspire me and educate along the way. Another thing we love doing is to help people with beers that are not 39 point, 40 point beers, <laughs> you know, they, they what the hell is going wrong with my beer? I need help fixing it. Yeah, we can help guide people, you know, and, and those are some of the funnest beers to talk about because yeah. we just have a very open conversation. We're, we're, we try to be very approachable and just no. realistic, not blow smoke up anybody's ass, but what this is what your beer is. This is what we're getting. What was your recipe? Let's talk it through and, yeah. and help you make a better one.
0: My fave some of my favorite shows have been uh beers that have been in the teens. And then yeah. the, and then the brewer rebrews it there You go, yes, in a few months and send it back in, and you get to see that progression. You get to talk about it, it's neat, it's really cool. I, I, I appreciate yeah. it, it's, it's awesome. So,
2: again, thank you guys. Um, and send your beers into Dr. Homebrew, get on the show, it's a more in depth, longer format. Um, yeah. but thank you again. Let's give them a big hand. Thank you, yeah.
0: fun stuff. I want to thank Club Doze again, the mighty Club Doze out of Walnut Creek, California, here. So, if you're in the Bay Area and you happen to be cruising through, I believe they meet like on Monday nights or something like that, hit them up on the website and uh, attend a meeting. They're fun. They're a fun group of people. They know how to brew and uh, they, would, they would welcome you with open taps They're I guess technically faucets, right? Whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening, everybody. And uh, you know what? If you're in the Bay Area and you want this to happen too, you want Brian and Brian to come down and, you know, pipe us in through zoom and do all that kind of stuff. Or if you want to be on the show, send us a beer brian at thebrewingnetwork.com send brian cooper an email and uh hopefully harass him and then send him a couple pictures of your cats but mainly harass him and then offer to send in some beer or bring them into the the club and you guys can have a live judging like this too i think it was pretty fun and it was pretty useful so anyway thanks a lot everybody we'll see you